The Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. Guys, you know what we forgot to do? What? We forgot to go to Yankee Candle. Maynard and I went to Yankee Candle. I woke up in my driveway without pants on. So. Oh. I wasn't wearing pants. Was your. But you never wear pants. This is true. Were you bleeding from the tip of your penis? No. No, that was a phase. I've grown past that. I'm glad that. I'm glad that's over. Sure. I'm very sure. The whispering doesn't do it for me either anymore, so stop stop doing that. One it's been one week and we obviously can't whisper now. This is I this was is told the, I listen, couldn't whisper anymore. Listen, things change, people mature. Alright? Also, Maynard was asked very politely to stop whispering by a number of our fans. I apparently creep some people out, which is the first time. Seven and, people came. And seven people did come. And uh they were at work, so it was uncomfortable for everyone. So Okay, welcome back to the Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. This is a podcast dedicated to the weird, unexplained, and all things sticky, stupid, and uncomfortable, like knowing exactly why your dad started drinking pineapple juice. My name is Saj. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> With me is Maynard, and joining us tonight again is our dedicated producer, Jordan. We're on Twitter, so follow us. I'm at Bastard Prophet. Maynard is at Maynard Rules. Jordan is at CG Super Jordan. And you can follow the show at C underscore G underscore Supernormal. If you would like to contact the show, you can email us at citizensguidepodcast at gmail.com. And we're hosted by Branded Sports at thebrandedsports.com. It's also where you can get exclusive Citizens Guide t-shirts. They're only about 20 bucks, and the profit goes to support the show and to support Branded Sports. You can also follow Branded Sports on Twitter, too, because they're fucking awesome. They're at Branded Sports uh, at Branded underscore sports, excuse me. Finally, if you like the episode, please give us a review on iTunes so that people won't be afraid to touch us. And if you really like the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash Sarge the Destroyer. Speaking of patrons, we've got a few people we need to thank. There's Michael H., Crockett, Todd, Kevin, Kimberly, Shannon, Allison, and Michael Wrights. Your subscriptions uh, will be helping us to purchase some much-needed recording equipment in the next few weeks from another podcaster. We really appreciate the help, and we're really excited to up our production values a bit. Did we ever figure out if Michael writes his last name is really writes? I'm 72% certain that's not his real last name. I mean, there's still... Uh, I'm not a mathematician, a but there's still like 28%, 28 there. 28, yeah. Yeah. I mean... We'll be fine. We'll be fine. All, all right. right. Cool. Michael writes, if that is your last name, make sure you uh, email us so that I can add your email to your name, Michael writes, and then just say that over and over again. <laughs> All right. Okay. Right. Now that that is out of the way, let's get to the point. Uh, okay. What? Well, we're doing the, the, the witch trials tonight, right? That is correct, sir. The Salem so witch trials. And the whole prep leading up to this, I've been very confused. Why would anyone try out to be a witch? Did you just say prep? Yeah, yeah. Like, I did some reading because I knew what we were... Did you just read the subject? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you, you read you... any of the stuff underneath it? The stuff underneath it? I, so I... you didn't look at the timeline you know what? You or know what? anything? Listen, the listen. Um... No, it, you said it was on the Salem Witch Trials, which I... I... Everybody's heard of that. Like the so trying out to be witches is what you think it is. Yeah, the trials. So maybe it's listen the, listen to the, I'm gonna the, tell bronze, the story. You know. Listen to the story I tell and see if maybe it like 
changes your opinion of what it's about. All right. I'll, I'll okay. 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 Give All it right. the old college try, except for I can listen. In I'm, his I'm, case, a, it's I'm the, a good listener. It's the old uh, GED try. Right. <sighs> I did try that. It didn't work out too well. <laughs> so let's get to the point. Buckle up, gang. Saj has a story. The year was 1692. The Port Royal earthquake, earthquake killed 3,000 people in Jamaica, which was deemed not Iremon. The French and British were going at it like an old married couple. Pope Andrew VIII had just been succeeded by Pope Innocent XII, making him the last innocent pope in history. And the budding Massachusetts Bay Colony has just been granted a new charter. They were challenging times for the new world. Life was hard for the new settlers, and even harder for previous residents because these cracker motherfuckers were just getting started stealing America from them. The Native Americans. There was little to do but work in the fields, tend the livestock, and pray that God didn't smite them for sneezing in a church. A few young women in the colony began exhibiting strange behavior. There's no word on whether any men risked death by asking them if they were at their time of the month, quote-unquote. But by the time the dust settled, 20 people were dead. That's 19 hanged and one crushed between stones. What I'm saying is no one was burned at the fucking stake, you goddamn moron, so stop saying it. And like part one of our Diet Love Pass episode, let's cover the timeline. We're going to try and drive through as quickly as possible, but we really felt that these were some interesting people with interesting connections to each other, and it sets up more of the motive piece that we'll cover in the second episode. So we're going to start a few years previous in 1688. In 1688, Mary Goody Glover is convicted of witchcraft for afflicting the children of John Goodwin in Boston. The symptoms of the Goodwin children experienced are well documented by Cotton Mather, the closest thing to a scientist these morons had. In his book titled Memorable Provinces Related to Witchcraft and Possession, it was a real scorcher, just so you know, uh, and bestseller back in the day. Bestseller back in the day by the three people that could read. And our latest scene in the afflicted girls of Salem. So the symptoms that were witnessed um, by the children of uh, in the children of John Goodwin were later witnessed in the village of Salem. In April of 1689, Reverend Samuel Paris is named the new minister at Salem Village. He's ordained in November of that year. In 1691, October 16th. At a town meeting, some residents of Salem B- Village began to turn on Reverend Samuel Power, uh, Parish, Paris, excuse me, and vowed to stop paying his salary. This is like a running theme for these morons, by the way. The previous three ministers quit because the villagers refused to pay them. This instance was only amplified by the fact that Paris wanted some nicest stuff in the church, and the town perceived that as arrogant. All right. Bastards. So, we're getting into the year. We're getting into the big year, 1692. It's a good one. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's not correct. No. Even Maynard knew that was I wrong. was just I was really just kinda hoping that Maynard would take that and run with he it. He did not glom onto it, no. No, uh, no, I I know some stuff. Sometimes. 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 Right, like the witches were trying out to be the top witch. Let's yeah, just well, keep going. That's so we're going with this. In January fifteenth through nineteenth, sixteen ninety two, and Putnam. Um, excuse me, Ann Putnam Jr., Betty Paris, the minister's daughter, and Abigail Williams, niece of the Reverend Paris, begin to have fits and exhibit strange behavior. This was said to start after fortune-telling practice called Venus glassing, 
which consists of pouring egg whites into a glass of water and using it to determine who their future husband is by the shapes the egg whites take. Can I also interject and say that also sounds like a sexual term. Venus Urban glassing? Dictionary. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Urban Dictionary. By the way, guys, you really fucking came through on the Urban Dictionary for us. Yes. We got three definitions in there. I'm very excited. I think we can keep this as a running theme. Um, but Venus glassing is, uh, um, as I had said, determining who the husband's going to be by the shape the egg whites take. Generally, when I eat egg whites, they take the shape of sadness because they're not as good without the yolks. It's said that this, on this last occasion of Venus glassing, the egg whites took the shape of a coffin. Soon, other Salem village girls begin to display similar behavior. On February 25th of that same year, Samuel and Elizabeth Paris leave their children in the care of the neighbor, Mary Sibley, while they travel to a nearby village to attend Thursday lecture, a religious sermon where they hope to seek answers about what's wrong with their weird fucking kid. On February 25th, Mary Sibley instructs Samuel Paris's slave, Tichiba, and a husband who is called John Indian in what could be the most racist Native American name in history, to make a cake to try to identify who is afflicting the girls. It's called a witch cake, apparently. Do you, do you want to know what the witch cake is? I would love to know if you could tell me. <clears throat> so in the research for this that someone didn't look at, the witch cake... What? Who, Go me? fuck yourself. The witch cake was a mixture of... This is actually pretty disgusting, too. The witch cake was a mixture of uh, rye with uh, the afflicted girl's urine. They made a pee-pee cake? <laughs> and it was baked in ash. So, so A pee-pee cake made out of Misty 120s. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a rye meal cake um, mixed with the afflicted girl's urine baked in ash. And then it was fed to a dog, hoping the dog would reveal the names of the bewitchers. So... Instead, the dog just started following everyone to the bathroom. <laughs> this is fucking good stuff, you guys. Normally, I got to get up and smell your butt for this. <laughs> it was, uh, so I'm not quite sure where the recipe came from. I'm not sure that I don't want to repeat it. I want to know, I want to know what the recipe making process was. They were like, all right, poop on the cake and see what happens. No, no, the dog's just, the dog's just walking around in circles. Let's try pee this time. Let's, you know what? Let's come in the cake. And then the dog just follows around pregnant women for a week. This is disgusting. Yeah, what, what is what, wrong with these what? fucking people? What made them think urine was, was... You know, if eBay was alive back in the day, back in the 60, 1962, or 16, 1692, there's a... I transposed things there. If eBay was back in 1692, I'm sure you probably could have found like a... Like Japanese pee-pee cake that comes in like a used Japanese yeah, girl's pre-made, underwear? Yeah, pre-made pee-pee cake. Or, or if we had Silk Road still, <laughs> just put it out there, but there's probably somebody on Silk Road who acquired some urine <laughs> for a test or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's a fucked up test kitchen, we got, I guess. We got kind of far away from the point here. So um, just a quick side note, um, Tichuba and her husband, historians originally claimed that Tichuba was of African descent, but there's no prevailing theory that, that Tichuba is, um, and her husband, I'm sorry, name. excuse me, Tichuba. but the prevailing theory is that Tichuba and her husband were actually indigenous South or Central Americans. While there is little evidence about her race, most historians agree that she was not an African slave, uh, slave as portrayed in the 1996 film The Crucible. 
and uh, of the play in the play of the same name in 1953, I think it was, and uh, in 1948 in the German version. I um, will tell you that Tituba was, uh, from the research I did, everybody seems to agree that she was born in South America in an Arawak village. Yeah. And yeah. that she was captured and brought to Barbados as a slave. So I think that's maybe where people got the African descent thing because there was a lot of African slaves in Barbados so, at the time. So, as you'll find out later on, Samuel Paris actually owned her from uh, a plantation he had in Barbados and brought her to Salem. That's how she arrived there. So, on February 25th, 1692, two other girls in Salem Village, and Putnam uh, Jr. and Elizabeth Hubbard, also began to show signs of the affliction. Can we just talk about the junior thing for a second? Yeah, you don't. You, I don't think the junior doesn't count for women, does it? Um, no, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know why it shouldn't. Now that we're in 2018, anything. I'm just saying. When possible. I read Ann Putnam Jr., I'm like, his dad's name was Ann. Weird. Who does that? To Sorry, kid? weird. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Mean, right. I didn't mean yeah. to whisper. I hope nobody. So on February 27, 1692, while walking through Salem Village on an errand, 17-year-old Elizabeth Hubbard claimed to be stalked by a large wolf that she believed was either a witch in disguise or was sent by a witch. However, in a simple Google search shows that wolves were not uncommon in Massachusetts at the time, and uh, with only a small human, a human population to thin out the herd, it's not without the realm of possibility that this was in fact a real large wolf. That was just hanging out doing wolf shit in the woods. Wolves were not wiped out of Massachusetts until the early 20th century. There's in... still wolves in Massachusetts. No, no, there's coyote. Aren't, aren't they like coyote wolves, like half and half? There's a theory, but it's only in Western Mass. I don't. This is Salem. This oh, is... That's not really part of Massachusetts. Anyway. No, it's, it's basically right. Eastern New York. Yeah, you're right. You're okay. right. Sorry. So in late February 1692. Uh, Dr. William Griggs reportedly examines the girls but is unable to determine the cause of the strange behavior and suggests they are under the influence of Satan because apparently no girl has ever done weird shit before. It should also be noted that Hubbard was Dr. Griggs' servant. So on February 29, 1692, the, uh, the girls that are afflicted accuse three women. Tichuba, whose age is unknown, Sarah Good. Um, who's an older woman, and Sarah Osborne, who is 49. I had Sarah Good's age incorrect, I think by this point she was in her, she had to be in her 50s, I think. But anyway, Sarah Osborne, age 49, uh, were all accused of witchcraft. Arrest warrants were issued for the women. Sarah Good was poor due to the debts left by her husband. Um, this was why a lot of people did not trust her as she relied on the charity of others to get by. Kind of gave them the impression she was kind of lazy and shit. Um, and while she was extremely brave for refusing to confess to being a witch... She's still a shitbag because she insisted that Osborne and Tichuba were, in fact, witches. So she's like, no, 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 I'm not a witch, but these two fucking idiots are definitely witches. Sarah Good gave birth while in custody. The child did not live very long. That was Mercy Good. Sarah Osborne was kind of cool, actually. Uh, after her first husband died, she hired an indentured servant. And uh, as soon as that indentured servant from Ireland paid off all of his debts, he married her. Which <laughs> is kind of awesome. She just kind of like, she was like, hey, you know what? I like the way you cost money. Come in. What? What happened? I like the way you cost money, so now you're going to be my husband. I like buying sex from you. Um, so as soon as she paid off his servitude, he married her. Even better. Is that like chilling with the pool boy? Yeah. She married the help. <laughs> she fraternized <laughs> with the help. 
Did they have pools back then? It, 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 I mean, just so everybody knows, his name was Robert Prince. It's kind of a cool name, too. No, it was Bob. Alexander Osborne. Her first husband was Robert Prince. Robert Prince passed away, and oh, she married yeah, Osborne. Yeah, That's why her name yeah. is Sarah Osborne. Look at that. Like Mom, Sharon Osborne. It's almost like I read the research. As soon as he paid off his servitude, he (laughs) married her even better. Instead of giving the farm to her sons, which was the expectation of the time, um, she decided to run the the 43-acre farm herself with a new husband, which was very uncommon for a woman of that time period. She was also a social outcast because she did not go to church. She said, fuck it, much like me and you. I like to sleep on Sundays. I like to do other things like laugh at people going to church i don't laugh at them i mean go to church that's your thing if you're into it i give i, I give a chuckle because like i'm eating bacon and you're sitting there listening to someone talk for an that's hour. a fact that i am jealous if church served more bacon i'd be a lot happier i take that my son to church he genius. loves it he's super into it i don't really get it because we were raised as atheists but um but you also told him that god was a superhero i told him that jesus was bulletproof yes yes i did <laughs> i mean Jesus. I mean, you can't yeah. prove he wasn't. Right. He never right? got shot. Yeah, you can't Did prove Did he ever that... take a bullet? I don't know. There's something Jesus. through his hands, right? He goes with nails. Did he, try to, did he try to Neo some bullets? All right. I think we're offending people. Let's move on. No, I'm, t- I'm, I'm sticking up for him. <laughs> I think he's bulletproof. That's uh, I'm sticking to it. Anyway. Like a cross. Anyway, the whole reason I like going to the church is because they've got great <laughs> coffee and everyone there is super nice. Don't say it, Jordan. Don't say it. On March 1st, 1692, Judge John Hawthorne and Judge Jonathan Corwin examined Tituba, Sarah Good, and Sarah Osborne at the Salem Village Meeting House. These are the first people who are examined and interviewed. During the exam- examination, Tituba folds like a fucking cheap card table, immediately confessing to be a witch, and tells the court there are many witches in Salem. Here's where shit gets dark. There's a lot here, so I'm going to do my best to be brief. Hawthorne is very quick to convict people, after doing, uh, even doing so after people recanted their witness statements and confessions. While on its face it seems like he's a trick-happy, law-and-order, Texas-style judge, his family benefited directly when the accused had their property seized. Hawthorne's other crime is being the great-grandfather of that asshole Nathaniel Hawthorne, the bane of high school English classes everywhere. Now, judge Corwin was related to Hawthorne by marriage. In modern times, this would be considered a conflict of interest. An even bigger fucking conflict of interest would be the fact that Cohen's daughter was one of the children supposedly affected by witchcraft. This would be like a judge presiding over a criminal trial of a person who's accused of beating up his kid. It's totally fucking insane. Okay. So finally, Tishuba later recanted after all this, uh, but her confession fell on deaf ears. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into um, what happened in March of 1692. What happened? We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll get oh, back to oh, it. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Oh, you were talking to them, not me. All right. Just, just go to fucking commercial, bro. This episode has been brought to you by www.thebrandedsports.com. Go to brandedsports.com. Check out all the stuff they got. They're a pretty fucking awesome website because they're sponsoring this fucking podcast. I apologize for all the swears, but if you're from New England, you'll understand. Thank you, and have a wonderful fucking evening. All right, so tell us about Nathaniel. Tell us about Nathaniel Hawthorne. Nope. You had a thing. 
he's a pedophile, remember? Right, no, this is John Hawthorne. Oh, John Hawthorne, yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne is just a terrible human being who wrote shitty books. I'm going to go back. He was a poet, and he, he knew it. He was a pile of dog shit who wrote awful books. So reading his books hear... was like reading dramatic stereo instructions. So you guys want to hear an interesting <laughs> fact about John Hawthorne? I do, I do, before we continue. Connect so, uh, RCA Red. Other than being the other red. Other than being Nathaniel Hawthorne's great draw great, red great A on it. <laughs> he um, was a self-made man. He was a bookkeeper. At the age of 21, he became the most eligible bachelor uh, wherever he was living. And then at the age of 33, he married a 14-year-old. Uh, what? Yeah, he married a 14-year-old because that was acceptable back then. It's... And then soon after marrying, uh, he acquired a ship, which... I think gives you the ultimate power. I think it's first you get the money, then you get the bitches, then you get the ships. So no, it's, it's then you then you first you get the money, then you then you get the sugar, then you get the women. Oh, that was Homer's. All story. I know is Sorry. he's got ninety nine problems, and a sexually mature female is not one. Well, uh, he had kids with this person, this woman, Ruth Gardner. I feel bad for her that she's fourteen and got a. Put up with old sweaty man balls, right? Feel, yeah, like I feel dangly. Bad for her that she's fourteen and even. Because what was he like? Thirty. Marriage. He was like thirty, right? He was thirty-three. Yeah, thirty. Oh, that's like seven hundred back then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was knocking. He basically, on death's had door. to roll up his testicles to fuck her. Back oh, then, don't, yeah. Don't even. Oh, don't. Don't even say those words. I mean, when you think about it, though, on the what, plus side, back schools? then she was old oh. enough to rent a car, but like they didn't have cars, so she was like old enough to rent an ox cart. I mean, if no, that, that, she's middle aged at fourteen, I'm blocking my ears. What is the what is the thing here? Cut the age in half, and then you add seven. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm actually seven. So it's it's a really funny misconception <laughs> when people talk about the life expectancy back then because <laughs> you take people's ages and you add them up and you say like, and then you, all right, all right. What I'm trying to say is life expectancy. People did actually live well into old age back then. What we would consider old age up here. It was just because you did the math wrong. If you, I know. If you cut her age, she'd be fourteen, the same age. <laughs> you cut her age in half and add seven, she'd still be fourteen. <laughs> but you're Jesus cutting. But the whole point is, is you're cutting seven. His age in half. That's the whole thing. You you cut his age oh, in half and then you add I seven. It was her age. <laughs> you didn't. Anyway, specify. the point I'm trying to make is life expectancy. People did actually live into well into old age back then. It was just that so many young people died that it actually lowered the life expectancy. Which <laughs> old age was 50. That's the only problem. Yeah, well, no, because some of the people in this story lived in the 70s and 80s. Cotton Mather lived fucking forever. It's, cause it's always riches. the bastards who live yeah, forever. Really That's why our mother's never going to die. shitbag motherfuckers that live too long. You, you missed that one, huh? Hey, ex- I said it's- you know what? Except, except for Stanley, can we can we give a quick... Stanley stole a lot of things from Jack Kirby. So as sad as it is that he's dead, he, he he's not exactly a saint. So can I go back to the comment that you missed? Because I think you'd appreciate it. I'm sorry. Say it again. Miser- say it again. Miserable, terrible people are always going to live long. That's why our mother's never going to die. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag facts. Okay. So moving on. Hopefully dad's not listening. Sorry, dad, but you did make a mistake. On March 12, 1692, Martha Corey... <laughs> is accused of witchcraft. She was considered a scandalous personality at the time because her first child was mixed race and born out of wedlock. On March 19th, 1692, Rebecca Nurse is accused of witchcraft. This is also a murky accusal. Rebecca Nurse was 71 and basically everybody's grandma. Everyone except the Putnam family, of course, 
The Nurse family had a land dispute with both the Endicott and Putnam families, and Ann Putnam is the accuser of Rebecca Nurse. Well, I mean, she which means she's a fucking after, savage. So. Right? She did start an investment firm. You're correct. Putnam good. Investments. That's good. On uh, March 21st, 1692, Martha Corey is examined by Judge Hawthorne and Judge Corwin, and not in the fun, sexy way, but in the I'm going to interview you until you crack way. Martha is another sweet old lady. Her biggest crime is calling the accusers liars and not believing in witches. She is then immediately accused. On March 20th. Which one is this now? Uh, that is Martha Corey. Yeah, Martha Corey is, is examined by Hawthorne and Corwin. Martha Corey is Giles Corey's wife. We're going to get into Giles Corey in a minute, so don't jump the gun there. On March 23, 1692, four year old Dorcas Good. <laughs> Dork. Right, Dorcas. It's hey, uh, Dork. it's old English for Dorothy. I know, but Dorcas. It's just you could have just said Dorothy a, and then avoided this name. whole awkward Dork thing. It's a rough name. Daughter of Sarah. Why are you hey, defending Dork. Dorothy's? Nothing good has ever happened with a Dorothy. You know this. Daughter of Sarah Good is accused of witchcraft and is arrested. Aside from having a tragic name, this four-year-old child is forced to confess. In the next episode, we're going to cover some of the massive problems with interrogating children. In the meantime. If you're looking for some examples, please look up the Satanic Panic. You will be horribly disappointed in mankind. I used to dye my hair with that shit. Uh, that's not... Forget oh. it. On April 13th... I'm sorry, April 3rd, 1692, Rebecca Nurse's sister, Sarah Cloyce, is accused of witchcraft after defending her sister. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but if you're starting to sense this theme, you are correct. All these people are somehow either related or run afoul of the accusers. On April 4th, 1692, Elizabeth Proctor is accused of witchcraft despite the Crucible's portrayal that Elizabeth's accuser, Abigail Williams, was having an affair with Elizabeth's husband, John. Abigail was only 11 at the time. John was fucking 60 years old. So that is as gross as it is unlikely. Saj, you want, like, fucking speed tonight, kid? What, what happened? He's not so really you're, good. You're, you're so fast, and Jordan's, like, munching on nuts over there. I'm, 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 He's just got a mouthful of nuts, doesn't he? My, <laughs> he does. You guys tasted my nuts It's like earlier, a fucking squirrel. They're good. You guys had my nuts Stop in your mouth. Stop chewing into the microphone. No one wants to hear you eat. But you I, had my nuts We're going to lose listeners. I haven't, seen you, I haven't seen you this animated about a story, though. So you're, I'm you're, so excited about yeah, this. Yeah, right. You're, you're going 90 miles this an hour. This happened like, in Massachusetts. Like one of your videos. So okay, I'll like, slow down. No, no. I, I'm just I'm just asking. That's all. You, all right. You, you tell the story. If you could take it back a notch, actually, I'd be appreciative. All right. If you stop stuffing your mouth full of nuts, all right, I will we, take it back a notch. come to an agreement? No nut stuffing, talking at a normal pace. He's I got never his, thought I'd be the mediator. Of he's show, got his mouth full of are. spicy, salty nuts right now. And it's you like had it's you like had your mouth full of my Sante right now. You had your mouth full of my spicy, salty nuts during the break. We weren't supposed to talk about that when we went back on air. That was just a taste test. I just wanted to know. <laughs> April eighteenth, sixteen ninety two. Bridget Bishop, Abigail Hobbs, Mary Warren, and Giles Corey are accused of witchcraft. Uh, so here's a here's a rundown. Bridget had a rough start. Her first husband died, and her second husband, Oliver, was just a total fucking piece of shit. He regularly beat her. He died in 1682, and she inherited all of his property. Abigail all Hobbs... All of his property? All of his property. Abigail Hobbs confessed and implicated a number of people because she's an asshole. She was a teenager at the time. Mary Warren was an indentured servant who immediately implicated her boss. <laughs> as soon as she got arrested... John Proctor was a super easy way to get out of paying for indentured servitude. So good on her, actually, to be honest, because indentured servitude, 
was basically the same as slavery unless you were fucking that other lady from before. Giles Corey is definitely a tragic figure here. Originally, he was he really believed in the witch trials. He was totally I, for it. Can I take this one? I just want to take this one. Okay. Yeah, take it. Take it. He's all yours. Giles Corey was Salem's resident shitbag. A successful farmer. Married multiple times like many of the men of the day. As for the resident shitbag, he was known to be a violent man. He once beat a farmhand named Jacob Goodale to death. He got off of beating Jacob uh, Goodale, though. He beat him with a stick. He beat this guy to death with a fucking stick. Back at a time when it was totally okay to beat your wife with a stick, just so we're clear. And uh, during his trial, John Proctor testified against him, claiming he heard Giles Corey admit to the act. Corey was only fined for his actions and continued living his life, most likely due to bribes. So uh, the locals, especially Thomas Putnam, suspected Corey bribed his way to freedom, and this forever stained his reputation. And then, to go on with the resident shitbagness, after his wife was indicted, he uh, pointed the finger at her and was like, yeah, she's a fucking witch. But which one of us who's married wouldn't point the finger at their wife if they were accused, maybe? I would never point the finger at my wife. Ever. That, that's a horrible thing to say. I would never do that in public. I would do it privately with an anonymous email. <clears throat> so anyway, his wife was accused on March 21st. And like a true shitbag, he believed the accusations against his wife and testified against her almost a month later. He actually blamed the illness of his ox and then pet cat on his wife. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, though. Wait, so the ox wasn't a pet? You're like, ah, uh, Your Honor, Tunsis threw up in the carpet. I'm pretty sure it's my wife's fault. And my ox got sick. But it wasn't real throw up. Like, it wasn't nibbies. It was like foam. <laughs> Fucking mittens was doing the. It was a, a hairball the whole time. <laughs> I, I thought it was puke, but it was just a hairball. However, I do. We, I would be remiss if I didn't say that at the very end of this story, Giles Corey does have kind of a badass redemption, if just for a moment. Anyway, he was arrested a month later. He was arrested a month later. And, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. That it's, serves it's, him right, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go back. Look, he's kind of a tragic figure, though, because he got caught up in this whole thing. And then when he finally got arrested, he's like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. I would I'm say that doesn't make dumb. him a tragic figure. That makes him an asshole. Like, I, I mean, he's a huge asshole. He's a piece of shit. But I'm saying, like, at the very end, yeah, I get, his I, ending, you kind of have, we'll get there. We'll get I joke there. about pointing the finger at our wives, but when it really comes down to it. I mean, this guy really fucking did the it. The only I, time I ever point my finger at the wife is if I fought in an elevator. Because <laughs> <laughs> she deserves it. Because... I don't know what women do in the morning, but I got to tell you, man, it's thunderous farts when they sit down. (laughs) You're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It sounds like someone dropped a couple of pans in there. That's because they're they're being considerate while they're sleeping and not letting it out in the bed. Right? Right? But the on the other hand, we are not. I have I have PTSD. I cannot handle loud noises early in the morning. We've been resigned to fart jokes. <laughs> you, you should. You it's should the Salem fucking witch trial. Oh, thank God, my wife jokes. doesn't listen to the show. Four episodes in, fart jokes. <laughs> we made it. We've made it, boys. We've made it. <laughs> okay. All right. April twenty second. <laughs> April twenty second, sixteen ninety two. Edward and Sarah Bishop, Mary Eastie, Nahima, Nahimaya, whatever the fuck her name is, Nima. Abbott. 
William and Deliverance Hobbs, Mary Black, Mary English, and Sarah Wilds are arrested on charges of witchcraft and examined by Judge Hawthorne and Cohen. Why is everybody named Sarah in this fucking story? I swear to God, it's like the only name they could think of. Really, um, just in in a little side note, because we don't talk about this, but they're all named Goody. <clears throat> like, yeah, that's like instead of saying like Miss, you would say Goody. Right. So, is good. I think Goody is um what you're called after you're married, though, right? Ah, uh, something like that. Goody I, is I, like Misses. I really didn't care so much. I just I saw that they were all called Goody, and I was like, oh fuck that. They've got names. Ooh, Goody. All right, so um, Edward, uh, Edward Bishop is related to Bridget Bishop by marriage, and Sarah was his wife. Mary is Rebecca Nurse's sister. Um, little is known about Nemiah other than she has a weird fucking name with too many vowels in it. Deliverance and William Hobbs are parents of Abigail Hobbs. Poor Mary was just an African slave. She belonged to the Putnam family. The happy ending here is Mary survives. Um, it's believed that she was mainly accused because she was uh, Nathaniel Putnam's slave and he was defended and he had defended Rebecca Nurse. Uh, Putnam paid over, uh, Was it Putnam or Putnam? Uh, who gives a fuck? Um, but he paid all of her jail fees and historians believe he even coached a testimony. Not much is known about Mary English. Uh, Sarah was married to a cousin of the Putnam family and is believed that an internal family feud is why Which she was Sarah accused was this? to begin with. Um, it was the final Sarah? Sarah Wilds. Got it. Thank you. And then in May of 1692, probably the most unfortunate name in this entire fucking situation, Dorcas Whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's like her mom was like, you know what? I really don't like you. <laughs> Not that I just don't like you, but you're going to be called Dorcas Whore. You're Dork Whore. Uh, Lydia Dustin, Sarah Mori, and Susanna Martin are arrested on charges of witchcraft and examined by Judge Hawthorne and Corwin. Poor Dorcas Whore. I mean, shit, that name is punishment enough. She's supposed to be a fortune teller and a thief, supposedly. She also confessed but was ultimately spared. Susanna was one of those weird people in town who's always dealing with the cops but rarely gets arrested, like the lady who uh, used to live across the street from me. <laughs> she had a bad... <laughs> made a nose. She had a bad reputation, and she was a poor widow. Like many of the accused, not much is known about Sarah or Lydia. Let me be specific, because there's 4,000 Sarahs. I'm talking about Sarah Mori and Lydia. Um, on May 4th, 1692, I'm going to let Jordan take this. George Burroughs is accused of witchcraft and arrested in Wells, Maine. Kind of an interesting story. Well, Jordan <laughs> shoves more fucking nuts in his mouth, goddammit. It's motherfucking nuts in your mouth. George was a former minister of Salem before Mr. Paris, and uh, right. this was <clears throat> possibly on. settling on. of scores as Burroughs right, right, owed right, money right, to right, some right, people. Right. Now Jordan, when he's done swallowing nuts, is going to continue. I'm just going to edit that out. No one's going to hear this, so it doesn't matter. No one's going to hear Jordan chomping on fucking nuts. George just gumming them. George. Sucking the salt and spice off of them. George Burroughs. Graduate of Harvard in 1670. He was married three times. A minister in Falmouth. That's Falmouth, Maine. Until the town was destroyed by the Wabanaki Indians. He became the minister of Salem in 1680. He borrowed money from the Putnams to pay for his first wife's funeral expenses. Long story short, that money was never paid. John Putnam uh, had him arrested, 
And the money was settled out of court. And he went on to start Putnam Investments. Fast forward, we moved to Wells, Maine in 1690 after he was unpaid in uh, Salem Village as the minister there. Those <clears throat> fucking assholes don't pay anyone. Don't do work in Salem. And then on April 30th, Jonathan Walcott and Thomas Putnam filed a complaint of witchcraft, and he was subsequently arrested on May 4th and brought back to Salem. Now, during this time, there was a terrible thunderstorm struck the lawmen and burrows while they are on the road to Salem. The thunder and wind and falling trees frightened the horses. And when it was finally over, Burroughs still remained in custody. The lawmen took it as a sign that the devil had unsuccessfully tried to free Burroughs and not that the weatherman was wrong about how warm it would be that day. I'm going to be honest with you. If I felt like the devil was trying to stop me from doing something, I'd be like, you know what? This isn't my fight. You can go, weird guy from Maine. I would not get involved in this. There's a lot of rumors that uh, the testimony was that this guy, uh, Burroughs, Killed his first two wives by smothering them, and then he choked out two of his own children, killed them too. It was well, I wasn't saying he was a fucking hero. He he, he definitely had the shitbag vibe going on. But um, if the devil's trying to set him free, I'm not going to get involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, so another interesting thing, <clears throat> really creepy, actually, uh, more so than anything. After he was cut down from the gallows, uh, he was hanged on a particularly warm day in August. As you do, and uh, did he have a bona dude? The grave was so shallow, shallow. The grave was so shallow that Burroughs's chin and feet were left uncovered. In his bona, and so uh, Josh Buffum, <laughs> he buffed his erection. Is an old Buffum family story, is that a nearby house on Boston Street? John Buffum could see Burroughs's exposed hand and foot sticking out of the crevice, and when nightfall, he went to cover them so they were no longer visible. Whatever happened to Burroughs' body after that day was unknown. So the family story is he saw some limbs sticking up out of the ground and buried them again. Except for the body was never found again. Yeah. Well, the body was never found again because he covered it with dirt. No, 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 no. The, the body went missing. There's nothing more New England than that story <clears throat> right there. <laughs> I knew Whitey Bulger's cousin. Like it was a non-issue. He buried a, he buried a dead body and then no one ever saw it again. Because it's underground. You can't see it when it's under... Forget it. Also weird. That's how that works, right? Mar- Am I missing something? Martha Corey. Did they did they go looking for Burroughs' body, and that's how they know it's not there anymore? Or are you just saying like he buried it, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, it disappeared"? Yeah, it's yeah no. Witchcraft. Somebody somebody went looking for his body. It wasn't. There. Oh, I was <laughs> like, I was like, who cares? He covered it. That's with why dirt. it's unknown. Whatever happened to his body after that day? Maybe he took it, and rigor mortis set in, and he found a lover. You don't know. So, uh, another interesting burial it's fact. Deep. I'm just gonna put right? this out there. Jeffrey Dahmer style. Yeah. M- Martha Corey. Giles, the shitbag's wife. Yeah, um, it's, it's rumored that she was given a Christian burial by her son, the one out of wedlock, the uh, the mixed race son. I think his name was Thomas. I'm not sure. Um, he was actually Martha Corey. I think that was somebody else. Actually, we're gonna get in there. No, Martha Mar- Quinn. Martha Martha Corey oh, had sorry. the the first son named Benjamin. Actually, out of wedlock. Remember, he was the mixed race son. I have it written in here somewhere. We'll get there. So anyway. Um, just another burial rumor, but it's rumored that he went, exhumed her body, brought it back to his farmland, and actually buried it, giving her a Christian burial. I mean, I think that's actually kind of awesome. So, so that's something to be <clears throat> okay. So we're, we're anyway, you know, 
May 20th, 1692, Sarah Osborne dies in jail. She's the, the badass who married her indentured servant. She just dies in prison. She doesn't uh, ever get free. She was old. How old On, was she? Uh, she, was in, uh, she was almost 50. In, um, in May 18th of 1692, Mary Eastie is released from prison, but arrested a second time, literally right afterwards, mm-hmm. because another accuser. Um, on May 18th, 1692, Roger Toothacre is accused of witchcraft and is arrested. Later Oddly on, enough, he we'll was a town's out... dentist. I'm sorry? Oddly enough, he was a town's dentist. Toothacre. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were serious. So um, this is an odd bit of justice because Roger actually specialized in identifying and catching witches because he was a fucking charlatan and a scumbag. His whole family would wind up getting arrested. On May 25th, 1692, Governor Phipps sets up a special court of Oya and Terminer to hear the witchcraft cases. Oya and Terminer is an old French term. It literally means to look and listen. Um, but it would be today's equivalent of a grand jury hearing. On May 27, 1692, seven judges are appointed to the court of uh, court of Coit, the court Coit. of Oya and Terminer. Nathaniel Saltonstone, Saltonstall, excuse me, Bartholomew Gedney, Peter Sargent, Samuel Sewell, Dick Sargent, Waite Still Winthrop, John Richard, and John Hawthorne. Lieutenant Governor William Stoughton is named Chief Justice. On June 2nd, 1692, Bridget Bishop is pronounced guilty of witchcraft and condemned to death. After Bridget Bishop's trial, Nathaniel Saltonstall resigns from the court because he was the only person here who had any morals whatsoever. And uh, our friend Judge Corwin comes back into the picture. On June 10th, 1692, Bridget Bishop is hanged at Proctor's Ledge in Salem. Her hanging is the first official execution of the Salem witch trials. Proctor's Ledge is also now called Gallows Hill. It's also called Gallows Hill. You're absolutely right. And also, Old Salem Village is not the Salem, Massachusetts that people think it is. Old Salem Village is, is a, uh, another town, actually. It's a... Uh, Peabody. Peabody. Sorry, Peabody. So, um, we uh, cursed the town with the name Peabody. On July 23rd, 1692, John Proctor writes a letter to the Boston clergy describing the torture used against the accused and asks for the trials to be moved to Boston to get away from these provincial lunatics. In August 9, 1692, Robert Pike, the Massachusetts Bay Counselor and Salisbury Magistrate, writes a personal letter to Judge Cohen, expressing his concerns at the omission of spectral evidence in the trials. What is spectral evidence, you say? Spectral evidence, I'm so glad you asked, is fucking insanity. Spectral evidence is essentially dreams. People are being convicted of stuff people saw in their dreams. On these grounds... I plan on filing suit against Mr. Jeremy London because I had a dream last evening where I starred with him in Mallrats 2, The Reckoning. Oh, no. oh wow. All right, so uh, let's, um, let's take another break. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to finish up the story. And, um, yeah, so we'll talk to you soon. Famous Monsters. Celebrating horror, sci-fi, and fantasy genres since 1958. Their annual magazine is available now, along with new apparel released every month. Follow them on social media at Famous Monsters, and check out their entire catalog at CaptainCo.com. All right. I'm not trying to tell you how to drink. You, you know how to do it. <laughs> I do know how to do it. You're good at it. Naked and afraid. So, 
Welcome back. Speaking of naked and afraid, by the way, we have a fan. Who's naked? She's naked and afraid. She's been on the Discovery Channel a number of times. Oh, wow. Good friend of the show. Well, good. Has she been on the Discovery Channel or watched the Discovery Channel? She's been on the Discovery Channel multiple times, actually. She's Was a friend she of ours. naked on the Discovery Channel? Let's not get into it because she's a friend of us. Her no, name no, is I Christina McQueen. Or Christine McQueen, excuse me. I said her name wrong. she related to Steve? She is not related to Steve McQueen. Okay. She's, uh, uh, that's a virtual certainty. I feel like she would have brought that up. Would her you name say is Christina virtual? McQueen? Christina McQueen. She's been on the Discovery Channel and a few other shows. Cool. Um, fan of the show. Just wanted to give a shout out. Yeah. Hey, Christina. Thanks for uh, watching the videos and uh, liking the, all that, all the stuff. But anyway, the reason I bring her up is she's very cool. And so everyone say hello. Hey. Hello. Follow her. She's at CJ McQueen 11 on Twitter. All right. So, um, in probably the worst segue in podcast history, let's get into the deaths <laughs> of the... Uh, sorry, Christina. <laughs> sorry, Christina. I probably should have planned that better. Uh, is it let's Christina or Christina? Christina. Christina McQueen. All right. Front of the show. So, let's get into the deaths. Between June and September of 1692, 20 people are tried, condemned, and or murdered during questioning. The names are... Bridget Bishop, Rebecca Nurse, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Sarah Wilds, George Burroughs, George Jacobs Sr., Martha Carrier, John Proctor, John Willard, Martha Corey, Mary Easties, Mary Parker, Alice Parker, Anne Pudinator. Pudinator? I don't know. <laughs> Wilmont Red, Margaret Scott, Samuel Wadwell Sr., and Giles Corey. So, for those keeping track at home, it's two for Sarah, two for Martha, and two for somebody who I forgot now. It's not a good time to have the same name as someone else. Some interesting notes here. There was like 59 um, accusations. For the least. folks that are dead. Uh, Giles Corey is pressed to death after refusing to enter a plea. Uh, the only condemned witch not to be hanged. Legend has it Giles Corey put a curse on every sheriff in Salem. Can I go into that? Uh, you can, but give me just a second. Ugh. Corey's last words were supposedly more weight, asking to have more stones placed on his body to kill him. Jordan? <clears throat> All right. So the day Giles Corey died, Giles, Giles, Fred... Um, Bill. Fred. Michelangelo Corey. He wasn't a, a turtle. So the day he died, he was stripped naked, placed between two boards, and had stones put on top of him until at this point you're supposed to get a confession out. This is the modern, this is like for them modern day juicing. So. Oh, that's when they just keep putting it on you until you squash, right? Yeah, well, I mean, this is, you get the same results when you juice a lemon. You put a lemon on the board, you put the stones on it, and there you go. Uh, anyway. You do that shit to me, you're going to get at least one very big poop. This this actually happened over the course of a few <laughs> days. He never yielded, got what he deserved by being pressed to death because he was a douche. But this bastard cursed the sheriff, 
literally saying, damn you, I curse you, for, I curse you and Salem. Four years later, the sheriff died of a heart attack at the age of 30. So we already discussed life expectancy, but in the 70s, a sheriff by the name of Robert Cahill was forced to retire due to a stroke, heart attack, and a blood condition. 1970s, by the way. Uh, yeah, my 1970s, in case anybody's curious. Upon it took a super fucking long time to take effect. Upon further research, all of the previous sheriffs of Salem, as far back as Cahill could trace, had some form of stroke, heart problem, or blood disease. This poor bastard got all three. It wasn't until they moved the sheriff's office from Salem to the local state penitentiary that the sheriffs stopped getting these afflictions. Anyway, as far as the curse for the town goes, he's still thought to haunt the town, and it's been mentioned that his ghost has been seen before major incidents. One particular incident, he was seen in the cemetery before the Great Fire of Salem in 1914. This was seen by multiple people who report that a man in colonial dress was seen standing by, beside a grave, and the fire broke out, damaging much of the town. It turns out that once you're a shitbag, you're always a shitbag. Now Sarge has got nuts in his mouth. Hot, salty nuts. So I'm going to fill some time here. Uh, how are you all doing? I'm Maynard, doing, I'm doing Maynard, excellent. how are you tonight? I'm, I'm excellent. That is... I'm You've got a wonderful Yankee candle in front of you. Oh, it smells so good. total nonsense. It's, eventually, it's, it's eventually. You ever, ever harvest? Candle? That's my favorite. It smells oh. like cinnamon and, and other things. Oh, it's you know, just delicious. I think one day if we use their name so, enough, maybe they'll sponsor the show. Me. You're telling me. There was a fire in town in what? The 1900s? Early 1900s? 1914, yeah. So Giles Corey waited all this time, and he's like, you know what? Now is the time to burn down the town. There I've been were other dead instances. for 300 fucking years. Now is the time. There were other instances of Giles Corey being, like, appearing before, uh, you know, before incidents in the town happened. No photographic evidence, huh? Wow. Well, it's like the Curse of Oak Island. You don't get photographic evidence of that shit. Because uh, the, the Curse of Oak Island is under fucking ground. <clears throat> you can take pictures... Of things you can't see underground. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that's nonsense. Well, you know what? Fuck off. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you instances where Guile Corey was seen apparently. Nonsense instances, or do you have like real actual proof? Are there pictures like there were of the Yeti? Because I mean, that was... so after Giles Corey, we have George Burroughs, who also has a pretty astounding fucking death. He loudly recited the Lord's Prayer at the gallows. For so those of you not in the know, witches weren't supposed to be able to recite the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. So witches are said to not be able to say the Lord's Prayer. He recited it loudly with no problem, unfaltering, and then they hanged him anyway because they're fucking scumbags. And Cotton Mather, being the biggest shitheel of all, says, he's still condemned because I'm a fucking asshole, basically. He said that because the courts convicted him, he was going to jail. So now we have some people who didn't escape death, but just weren't hanged or pressed between stones. We have uh, all these people died while in custody of the state or uh, of the colony. We have Lydia Dustin, Anne Forster, 
Mercy, the infant of Sarah Good. Sarah Osborne, who we talked about previously. She Sharon! died before she could be tried. Roger Toothaker, he also died before a trial, probably due to torture and maltreatment. And then Rebecca Addington Chamberlain, she died in prison before she could be tried. You guys want to hear another interesting Giles Corey fact real quick? Yeah, let's 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 hit it. Is it is uh, another fact of 300 things that couldn't have happened? Eat a dick. <laughs> I already ate some nuts. I'm good. I'm full. Corey was absolved of his crime in 1712, although his wife, Martha, was never absolved of the crime of witchcraft. That's pretty fascinating. That's actually pretty good. There was a number of people who were absolved. Um, I don't really get into it, but they if to you be look up the law, there's a number of people who are absolved, but a lot of people didn't absolve their family members of the crimes because they would have had to con- uh, petition. And they didn't want to be associated at that point at uh, 17. The government did pay restitution to those who did petition. It was the equivalent of 600 pounds, which isn't a lot of money when you think about the fact that somebody was killed for no reason. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. So, October 12, 1692, Governor Phipps puts an end to any new witchcraft cases in Salem and bans any new publications about the trials. Several texts about the trials are published in October, including some including some miscellany observations on our present debate regarding witchcraft by Samuel Willard and the wonders of the invisible world by Dickhead Cotton Mather. <laughs> on November uh, 25th, Why was he privy to the wonders of the invisible world, do you think? Uh, because he was a fucking charlatan, like all these other morons. The general court creates a superior court to try the remaining witchcraft cases because they obviously know that the other cases were being tried by goddamn hillbillies. Then we run into December 14th, my older brother's birthday. The great general court of Massachusetts passes a new law allowing a widow of a condemned witch to keep a dowry inheritance, which means that fucking Jonathan Hawthorne is out of the game because he's not getting any more free property. Which normally would be confiscated well, by the courts. The no, 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 no. So the dowry, she was just getting what she was, what was promised to the husband to marry her. They didn't get to keep the land. So And inheritance. Dowry and inheritance. I believe it was just dowry. But um, this is what, this is the timeline you sent me. I didn't uh, edit it. I might have. I might have skimmed it, but... Or you might have copied and pasted it and then put it in here and then gave it to me. Which normally would be confiscated by the courts. The law also allowed for a condemned witch to be given a proper Christian burial and provided alternative punishments to death for lesser witchcraft-related crimes. What's a lesser witchcraft-related crime, do you think? Like, like, like wearing eyeliner. They take your broom. Is that like taking your finger, like the finger trick where you take your... Thumb and you make it look like a yeah yeah. Summer. If you do that, you just you just that, get that's whipped like a in lesser related a crime. Hey, I found this twopence tuppence Tuppins. behind your ear. Tuppence for sale. Hey, what's this behind your ear? Oh, it's a middle finger. It's very in January of sixteen ninety three. Right. The new superior court presided over by Deputy Governor Stoughton, which uh, there's a town in Mass named after him, which is God's asshole. Meets in Salem. Alex's. It's a toilet bowl. Stoughton prohibits the use of spectral evidence, that bullshit dream evidence that we were talking about before, which makes the testimony of the afflicted girls completely inadmissible. In January through February of 1693, 52 of the remaining accused of Trident, Stoughton finds three of them guilty and adds them to the list of the other five witches awaiting execution. 
Governor Phipps is like, you're a moron, and grants a stay of execution for everyone. Upon the advice from the Attorney General to the King and Queen, which angers Stoughton, but he can't do shit because he's the fucking Deputy Governor and no one cares about him. On February 16, 1693, several dissenters in the Salem Village congregation file a complaint against Reviel Samuel, Reverend Samuel Paris. Sensing a theme here, sounds like they don't want to pay him either. Stating they refuse to attend church while Reverend, Reverend Paris is still the minister due to his role in the trials. Paris suspends the next few years, broiling legal battles with the parishioners who have literally not paid anyone in four ministers now. On February 21st, 1693, Governor Phipps writes to the Earl of Nottingham, apparently trying to summon the ghost of Robin Hood. Secretary of State for King William and Queen Mary explained why he put a stop to any new witchcraft cases in Salem, disbanding the court of Oya and Terminer, and set up a new court to hear the remaining cases. On April 15, 1693, Queen Mary issues a royal letter saying, Stop being morons! No more witchcraft trials! You people are fucking morons! Do we have a copy of that? No. I'd like to see. I'd no, like to read that No, she was probably one. more polite than I was. Uh, oh, you're ad-libbing. I'm, I'm, I get um, it. Uh, I would much rather see a letter that said, you're yeah. all fucking morons. You're all in fucking like, morons, dear be- cave like people of America. Beautiful calligraphy. It said you were all fucking morons. But it was morons. all written with a Boston accent. Yeah. <laughs> in May of 1693, Governor Phipps <laughs> receives instructions from England to end trials like and a monk all painted it. proceedings. Phipps issues a proclamation stopping all further court proceedings against the accused witches and pardons all remaining accused in jail. On July 27th or 30th, because apparently those two dates are super close. Fuck you, 28th and 29th. Governor Phipps received the letter from Queen Mary, which confirms his decision to end the witch trials. On July 31st, 1693, Phipps hosts a meeting of the General Council in his house and reads the letter from the Queen. And we're going to jump ahead to 1694. Governor Phipps is recalled to England because he's a fucking moron and everyone's yelling at him. He dies in 1695 in England for misappropriation of government funds. 1696, Samuel Paris is finally fired as the Salem Village Minister. What he meant to say was that he was returned to England for charges against him for misappropriation of government funds. Then he died in 1965. I'm going to guess guess he uh, died of being a dickhead. Yeah. December 17, 1696, out of concern that God is angry at the colony for putting innocent people to, to death, acting Governor William Stoughton does the bare minimum to stop this. This is the first recorded instance of thoughts and prayers. He insists everyone <laughs> fast and pray for the day. Wait, so this guy ended up with a town named after him, like, close to us? Yeah, yeah. That Massachusetts guy? isn't great at stopping wow. bad things from happening, which is why we had Yawkey Way for a while. There's also oh, a wow. hall. At Harvard, named after him, in case you were curious. Can we petition to name it, like, something else? Like not, Giles Corey Hall? That'd not be great. Murderer Hall? Yeah, That'd not a good name for it. Hall. So, can, going, just touching on the fasting thing here. Um, Thoughts and prayers. There were the girls who were affected by this whole shindig were actually um, prescribed too fast by the uh, reverend. And... We'll get into this a little bit later on, but during their fast, they actually seem to have gotten better, and uh, they were less afflicted by the witches during the fast. There's a little foreshadowing. Just remember that. Keep that foreshadowing little for uh, for an oncoming theory later on. Okay, so um, 
Later in 1697, oh, I'm sorry, uh, January 14, 1697, general court orders a day of fasting. I already did that one. 1697, later on in the year, Samuel Paris is replaced by Joseph Green, who I'm sure also didn't get paid. In 1702, the general court finally comes to their fucking senses and says there's no goddamn witches. Ten years later, the trials were deemed illegal. 1706, and Putnam Jr., uh, publicly apologizes for a Mr. role Putnam in the Salem Mr. Putnam Sr. Witch- was very yeah. proud. She publicly apologized for a role in the Salem Witch Trials. In 1711, the colonies passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of the accused who are fucking dead, just so we're clear, and grants 600 pounds in restitution for the victim's heirs. Some of the victim's families do not wish to be named in the bill and do not seek restitution because there's still a fucking stigma attached to this entire thing. So here we are, 43 motherfucking years later, the Witchcraft Act of 1735 is passed in England, which makes it a fucking crime for a person to claim that somebody's a goddamn witch. It took 40 years to pass this. Damn. How does it take that long? You have no proof that there's a witch. I'm kind of curious why Ann Putnam Jr. wasn't, like, charged with manslaughter. I know, right? Why weren't Filing these people a false charged report. with a crime? You know? I mean, she was the only one who would, of all of the afflicted girls, I think there was like 10 of them uh, total, maybe, um, that were afflicted. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Yeah, out of the 10 total, she was the only one who ever apologized for her role in the, uh, the things there. Betty Paris, the uh, nine-year-old girl, daughter of Samuel Paris, who was sent away. After uh, all this started, she never apologized for her roles. Um, she she really didn't have a, too big of a role in it. Um, Abigail Williams, that was that she was a bitch. She was she was a piece <laughs> she of was. Shit. I mean, there's really there's really nothing to say. I mean, out of the fifty seven, or she was responsible for fifty seven accusations out of like the sixty and change that were there. So she is a huge fucking hand to play in that. She's a and, terrible human being. And Putnam, um, and Putnam had was the biggest hand. She had accused sixty-two total. So <clears throat> we've covered a lot. We've we've thrown out the timeline. We don't have time, obviously, because we were we're over an hour in at this point. We've covered a lot of this story, and we're going to cover um, the theories in the next episode. But we wanted to make sure that we covered all the people and we gave respect to the people who are actually murdered in this horrible tragedy. I don't think we respected anybody. The people who were murdered deserve a little respect, I think. I mean, they deserve respect, but I don't think we did it justice. Oh, no, no, definitely not. All I'm saying is we wanted to make sure we said their names. I should have clarified in our way of respecting. I mean, I called a dead guy a shitbag, so. Well, Giles, Corey is a shitbag. He just kind of redeemed himself a little bit when he was like, Whoa, wait. And then he was like, like, poof, I'm going to show up in front of a fire. And then, like, poof, I'm going to disappear again. Which is total nonsense. That never happened. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I mean, next episode, we're going to cover some of the theories. We're going to talk about some of the things that we think might have happened. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about satanic panic. We're going to talk about ergo poisoning. We're going to talk about a few different great ideas. We're actually not going to cover mass hysteria too deeply because that's a super sexist thing to bring up. And, frankly, I don't think it applies. And Maynard may have Nazis or Yetis. 
Maynard. No, neither I mean, neither of those. Point, but Nazis, I I still have some thoughts. Can we, Nazis, so Yetis, can we actual that, Satan. No, well, let's just let's just confirm. You do understand now that these weren't witch tryouts, right? They weren't. Okay, so thank you for listening to Citizens Guide to the Supernormal. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Go to the Patreon page and give us a little bit of money if you feel so. Buy a shirt. We actually, this evening, just recorded something for our tier 25 folks. Yes. And um, that's it. That's all I got for you. Buy a Anybody shirt. else? Follow buy a Brandon shirt. Sports. Yes, buy a shirt at brandedsports.com. Follow branded underscore sports. Famous monsters. Twitter. Follow famous monsters because we love them. I love fucking Famous Monsters. Their t-shirts are the greatest. I keep getting Follow Jeremy on. London. Follow, my, <laughs> yes. follow Jeremy London because he allows Sir Jeremy me, London. He allows me to harass him on an almost weekly basis now. And don't forget Christina McQueen. And Christina McQueen because she's just fucking cool. She's just a genuinely nice person. Like probably one of the most genuinely nice people I've ever met. I don't have anybody else. You got anybody else you want to follow? No, that's good. Hey, your followers are pretty much mine, so. Well, that's true, and they love you. Yeah, no, I thank you. I you thank have anyone them all. you want everybody to follow besides Bailey J? I didn't say that, but now that we're talking <laughs> about Bailey J. I can see that by the look on his face, he's very excited about this topic. I'm just now that we're talking about Bailey J. I mean, I'm just saying, follow Bailey J. She's a gorgeous woman. Just not a. She, she doesn't follow the show. Maybe she maybe doesn't you follow the show. Maybe out. you guys should all at. Uh, hold on. What is her at on Twitter? Hold on. Let me look it up. Swings a mean hammer. <laughs> <laughs> she is She is without question one of my favorite um, people that I've never met in my life. Hold Sarge on. loves a good helicopter. <laughs> She's a fantastic helicopter pilot. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm finding it. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. That's the name of my porn movie. I'm almost there. Almost <laughs> there. Um, man, maybe I don't follow. I don't know. At Bailey, at Bailey J tweets, follow at Bailey J tweets. She's a goddamn badass, impressive porn star with a surprise ending. I'm just All gonna right. put this out there. We don't know how to end the show, so you probably could just we leave. We need by to now. come up with a catchphrase. Please send us an at at c underscore g supernormal, and tell us how we should end the oh, show. Oh, and don't forget to come up with the Urban Dictionary for Venus Glassing. Venus glassing needs to be the new Venus glass. Yes, please. And follow us on Patreon. Okay, we're done. We swear to God. <laughs>